espresso is over. Ice Olympics, over and out. Yeah. <clears throat> How good was that? That's pretty impressive, actually. Very impressive. Fantastic. Well done, guys. Good job, Ali and George and Ben. We all good? All right. Well, I want to, this morning, just, I guess, have a, a pastor's chat with you all. I don't um, want to do anything too in-depth, or, but I, I just, this morning, really want to just give something that's really practical and really helpful and I trust really speaks to where we are. It's just so good to be back talking to real people. And, uh, you know, about it's been so different sort of getting up, going for a bike ride or whatever, and come back having a shower and then having breakfast, and then sitting down watching yourself. Folks, that is an experience, trying to sit down and watch yourself. Um, and Nikki said it's actually an experience watching you watch yourself. Because uh, all I've had to look at for the past month, few months is just, I've been, I'm so overlooking at Ben. I mean... <laughs> No, and, and, and uh, whoever else has been videoing Josh, uh, jo- um, Joel and, uh, and Jordan. So, hey, again, they've done a great job. But it's just so good to be back with people. And uh, so today, I want to, what I want to do today is I, I just simply, you know, the Bible is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So it says, so this morning I want to turn on the torch. Is that okay? All right, I've got that visual in your head we're going to turn on the torch and it's going to give us some direction uh, I ride a push bike as many of you know and uh, I, I leave at the morning about 5 30 it's pitch black for the first half hour 45 minutes I've got my little bike torch that's not it by the way I've got my little bike torch and how many of you know I can't see I'm not going to go too far without it and the fact is we need that light on our path don't we and this morning that's what God's word is it doesn't change everything around us is changing but the word of God doesn't and this morning we're going to go straight to it so I want to read to you this morning from 1 Chronicles, and just to give you a little bit of context, the nation of Israel is in a crisis. They're going through a really tough time, and uh, there's a group of men that come to the fore. There's a group of men that step up, and they're identified, these group of men are identified with a certain characteristic, and it's something that should get our attention, certainly gets mine, and it can help us all today, and it's 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. And it talks about this group of men, the men of Issachar. We got it up there, the men of Issachar. Or you can put the right emphasis on whichever syllable you want. It's like Issachar or, well, you you work it out. The men of Issachar. And listen what it says about them. It says, the men of Issachar, from the men of, sorry, start again. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. How many of you know it's one thing to understand the times, but it's another thing to know what to do? It's one thing to be informed and to have information and to have data, but it's another thing then to know what to do and how to respond. How many of you know that wisdom, true wisdom, is not just by what you know, it's the outcomes from what you know. And the men of Issachar, they not just knew the information, and boy, haven't we been bombarded with information? about what's happening. We all know what's going on, don't we? We're in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, we're very conscious today that, you know, by and large, we've been incredibly fortunate 
Um, there's been, you know, planning and things that we've done for that to come about. But not everybody in this world is so fortunate, nor everybody in our nation is so fortunate today. Um, we're very conscious of that. So we've been bombarded with that information. But having you know, it's then another step to know what to do. Well, this morning, I believe that um, the light, the torch, the lamp of God, the Word of God is going to show us the way forward and we can know what to do. So what do we do? Over these next uh, months and uh, however long we have ahead of us, because how much longer this is going to go for, no one knows. Um, how many know our nation needs, our leaders that are leading our nation need the wisdom of God in this? And so we don't, we don't know, you know, the, the place is open again and we trust that it stays open, but there's no guarantee of that. Um, so we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Can I hear a good amen to that today? And so this morning, it's important that we know what to do. So there's a lot of things outside of our control. And I've learned a long time ago, and, ha- and I'm constantly relearning the fact that I, I, I can't worry about things that I can't control. I just need to take responsibility for what I can. And so this morning, I want to give you some wisdom from the Word of God and, how, and what we need to do in these times. Not just the information, but knowing what to do. So here we go. It's very practical and very simple. Are you ready? There's a few short points. Number one, we're going to look to Jesus. We are going to look to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, says this. It says, looking unto, let me hear you say it, looking unto Jesus. What? The author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. We're going to look, it means, that word look there means to consider attentively. The NIV puts it this way, it says, fix, fix your eyes. Make a deliberate decision that in the middle of this time, you are going to fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen, what you fix your eyes on has a big effect upon you. What you look at has a huge effect upon you, right? Because what you look at will become your vision, So what we're looking at during this time is really important. Question, what are you looking at? Are we looking, you know, there's a constant news cycle. Am I right or am I right? You choose. Um, There's a constant news cycle, 24-hour news cycle. And news is designed to shock you. That's what it's designed for. And so they will give you the worst possible scenario and the worst possible outcomes. They will do everything they can to shock you. Why? Because they want you to watch the news, right? And so, now, it doesn't mean that we don't watch news and we never, we, you know, we live in a parallel world. No, but here's the thing. In the middle of this time, I want to encourage you not just to, not to fix your eyes on the news cycle, but to fix your eyes because, you know what, it takes a conscious effort not to fix your eyes on the news cycle and then to fix your eyes instead on Jesus. Am I right? And so, I want to encourage you this morning to... Fix your eyes upon Jesus because when you constantly fix your eyes on the news on the news feed, it will affect your soul. It starts to have an effect wearing down in your soul. And let me tell you that will be your soul will become fearful. And it doesn't mean to say that there is nothing here to fear or see, but you don't want to have a fearful soul because I tell you what will happen, that'll become more destructive than what the actual pandemic can be for you. And so this morning. Fix, make a deliberate effort. What are we going to do? We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. What happens is when you start to fix your eyes on Jesus, faith begins to rise. When you fix your eyes on the news cycle, fear begins to rise. 
When you fix your eyes on Jesus, and that's why we need to know how to do that, because when we begin to do that, faith begins to rise in your heart. Now, how many of you know during this time, that's what the men of Issachar, they knew what to do in their times. During this time, we need to know, we need to know what to do, and we need to have faith begin to arise. Can I hear a little amen to that this morning? Faith begins to rise. You know, there's an instance in Numbers 21 where people of Israel are dying from a plague. People are dying from this plague. It was a very real plague. People were dying in their scores. And the plague was the most unusual one. It was a plague of snakes. People were being bitten by snakes and they were dying. And so God speaks to... (laughs) Sounds like my time's up. All right, I'm out of here. See you later. Um, People were dying from a plague of snakes. God speaks to Moses, and he gives Moses some instructions, and he tells him what to do. Listen to it, would you please, in um, Numbers 21, verses 8 and 9. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. It's actually a bronze snake that they made it out of bronze. Put it up on the pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. Make a snake, put it up on a pole, and anyone who looks at that snake would live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it up on a pole, and then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. It's kind of a bit of a strange story. But come, I don't have time to unpack that, but come with me, if you would, to the New Testament, to the, to the Gospel of John. And listen to what it says in the Gospel of John 3 and verse 14. It says, talking about Jesus and talking about uh, what is going to happen to him on the cross, it says, just as Moses lifted up a snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And anyone who looks to the Son of Man, you see, a snake normally represents a curse, right? And so Jesus became the curse for sin. How many of you know that's true? All right, he took the full brunt of it. And when we look at Jesus on the cross, when people looked at the snake, they were delivered from their from their from death. Let me tell you, when we look at Jesus lifted up high on that cross, we are delivered from death. How I many you know that's true? But we have to look upon, and just as they looked upon that snake and lived, we need to look upon Jesus and live. Can I hear an amen to that this morning? We're looking to Jesus. He's the one that we are lifting up. And when we look at him, faith begins to rise. He becomes, we, we begin to see that he's our healer. He's our provider. He's our protector. He's our foundation. He's our rock. Is he your rock this morning? In a fast-changing world, we have to look to Jesus. Everything will change, but he will never change. How many of you know that there's been a lot of cancellations over the last few months? Everything that could be cancelled has been cancelled. There's been cancellations everywhere. How many of you know that your schedule has been cancelled in so many areas? My schedule has been cancelled. Events have been cancelled. They even cancelled the footy. I know, I know, it's bad. I knew it was bad when the footy was cancelled. And the MotoGP. And the F1. Anyway, there's been a whole lot of cancel. But let me tell you this morning, when you begin to look at Jesus, you need to understand that some things will never be cancelled. His love for you will never be cancelled. His grace will never be cancelled. His mercy will never be cancelled. His strength that he wants to give you this morning won't be cancelled. His purposes won't be, for you won't be cancelled. Who believes that today? The Holy Spirit has not been cancelled. 
Access to him through prayer hasn't been cancelled. The gospel has not been cancelled. Who believes that this morning? But we've got to lift our eyes and look to Jesus. Don't just look at the media reports. Don't just look at what, just don't, what everyone is saying. But lift your eyes. Fix your gaze upon Jesus. Who wants to do that this morning? How do we do that? Well, we do it. We come, I spoke about this last week. I, you simply just look up. Just say, Jesus, I invite you into my day. Whatever I've got done today, I'll, I'll invite you into my day. And Jesus, give me wisdom today. Give me, give, me, give me your strength and courage and wisdom to know what to do today. And then begin to thank him. How many of you think that's a good way of bringing Jesus into your day? You can, come to, you can, you can lift him up in prayer. You come to him in the name of Jesus and begin to just put your, pour out your heart to him. But today, however you can, look to Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. That's number one. Number two. Let this time bring the best out of you and not the worst out of you. Let me say that again. Let this time bring the best out of you and not the worst out of you. What you are under pressure is what you are. Ouch. How many of you know that's true though? Pressure exposes what's in us when you squeeze something. What comes out of you when you're squeezed? It's not how we are in good times that really matters the most you know, it's not, matter, it's not a matter of how much good we can do in a good time, but how do you respond when things aren't good? And very sadly, COVID-19 has brought the worst out of a lot of people. Look around and you see some responses and you think, wow. But I want to encourage you this morning, how do people of God respond? We let it bring the best out of us. That's what God's people are going to do. Let it bring the best out of you. What does that mean? Well, let me just narrow it down to this. I think this is so important. 1 Corinthians 13, famous chapter on love. It goes through the whole description of love and then at the end of it, it says this. It says, you know, everything else might disappear, but these things are going to remain. Faith, hope and love. Faith, we've already talked about that. Look to Jesus, let faith thrive. Hope, hope's going to rise. How does, how does hope arise? Are you a, are you a bringer of hope? Is, is hope coming out of you this morning? Or is, you know, is, it, you know, if the worst out of us is fear, hopelessness, and selfishness, right? The best is faith, hope, and love. So faith comes from looking to Jesus. Love, what is, I'm sorry, um, hope, what, is, what does that mean? Are we dispensers of hope? We've got little dispensers everywhere here at the moment, disinfecting everything. But I reckon God's people need to become dispensers of hope. Give you a bit of a press and a bit of hope comes out. Hope. Yay. Hope. Or do we have the spirit of Eeyore? Listen, you can't speak defeat and expect a victory. You can't speak the worst and expect the best. You can't speak discouragement. Well, let, me, let me put it this way. Do you bring discouragement or encouragement? Do you create problems or solve problems? Do you bring heaviness or lightness? Do you tear down or do you build up? Do you, do you make a mountain or do you move a mountain? God's people are hope bringers. That's what we are. So let this time bring the best out of you. Let it bring faith out of you. Let it bring hope out of you. And... It says the greatest of these is love. Let it bring love out of you. <clears throat> love people. This period of time we're in is a great opportunity for kindness. 
incredible opportunity for kindness. You know, we are one of the, the second question God ever asked man. The first question was, where are you? Adam, where are you? The second question he asked was to Cain. He says, where is your brother? We are our brother's keeper. Did you know that? Every one of us, we, we are our brother's keeper. And, and you know, well, it's, it's the pastor's job to look everyone, after everyone. Where did that come from? No, a pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We are all ministers. You are all ordained this morning, every one of us. And, and we, we value pastoring far more than we value brothering somehow. We'll stand in a queue for hours to see a pastor when we've got 20 brothers around us. We're here to be brothers and sisters to one another, to care for one another, to be the body of Christ. You know, I haven't had a visit because the pastor hasn't seen me, but you've had 10 other people from the church see you. Hey, that's because you don't value brothering. We're here to care for one another. That's the body of Christ, caring, looking out. And what an opportunity we have during this particular period of time, particularly those that are vulnerable. Elderly, people that are shut-ins, people that come. And there's a lot of people this morning, and let me acknowledge you right now. I should have done it at the very start, but we are live-streaming this service. And hello to all of you this morning that are watching this on the live-stream. Thank you. Welcome here this morning. You're a part of us. We're glad that you've joined us. And you know, there's a lot of people who would love to be here but can't be here because of very good reason. Some people can't be here because of their work situation. They're not allowed to be in crowds of more than 100. Some people can't be here because they're vulnerable because of their health. Some people can't be here because they're vulnerable because of their age. or other. Con- so this morning, we want, we want our church, we want everybody to know that we're all in this together, right? But we want to look out for one another. And so let's make it, because none of my business. Yes, make it your business to look out for people. And if, if God puts something, it's a great opportunity to become sensitive to that little tug of the Holy Spirit that puts someone on your heart and it won't go away. It comes back to you two or three times. Pick up the phone, send them a text, do something, but be in touch with people, love people. Let it bring that out of your faith, hope and love. We're the church. We're called to be salt and light. So number one, look to Jesus. Number two, let it bring the best out of you, not the worst. Number three, learn to trust God's sovereignty. During this time, learn to trust God's sovereignty. There's an old saying, when I was a kid, it used to be very common. Older generation used to use it a lot. They'd say, hey, I'll see you next week at the whatever, Lord willing. Anybody remember that? Oh, Lord willing. And we used to laugh at it a little bit and kind of like, but you know what? That's actually Bible. That actually is true. Listen to what James chapter 4, verse 13 to 15 says. Now listen to you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? You, don't, you don't, do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Do you know what that verse tells me? It means that my plans at best are tentative. How many of you have found over the last few months that your plans have suddenly become very tentative? And it doesn't mean that we don't make commitments to things. It doesn't mean that we just become airy-fairy about everything. No, we still commit to what we need to commit to and we take responsibility. But so often along the way, our plans have been changed on behalf of, by, by us, by someone else, for us, for someone else. 
And so our plans at best are tentative. But you know what that scripture also tells me? It tells me that God is sovereign. God is ultimately in control. You have to understand that. You've got to believe that today, that God is in control. Listen to what Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 17, sorry. I'm going to read from verse 24. I'm going to read right through to 28. Let's put it up. It's worth reading. God is sovereign. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and He does not live in temple, temples built by human hands. And He is not served by human hands as if He needed anything. Rather, He Himself gives everyone life and breath and everything in it. Listen, from one man He made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and He marked out their appointed times in history. Do you know your times are appointed of God? He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. In other words, where you will live. Anyone believe that God is sovereign today? Next, keep, keep it rolling. God did this so that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out to Him and find Him through, find Him though He is not far from any one of us. Verse 28, for in Him, everyone say in Him, in Him we live, we move and have our being. God is sovereign. God is in control. Does it mean that we don't make decisions? Of course we make decisions. But let me tell you, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. God is, God is not the author of COVID, but let me tell you, God is not surprised by it. God is still in control. He hasn't wound up the clock, left us to our own devices and split. And during this time, you can trust the sovereignty of God. God's plans will still come to fruition. They will not be thwarted. Who believes that this morning? So learn to trust God's sovereignty. I'm going to move on to my last point. Number four, lean into, I all started with L, wasn't that perfect? Lean into your local church. Lean into your local church. In Acts 2, verse 42, listen to what it says. It says, and they devoted themselves I can't be devoted on your behalf. You can't be devoted on my behalf. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. This is the local church at work. Let me tell you, there's some great resources now on God telly and on TVs and, you know, video, video streams. And there is so much good material out there that you can access. I don't want to thank God for it. I use it myself. I utilize it. But let me tell you this this morning. God's method for every one of us is a local church. And I thank God for what is happening in the worldwide body of Christ. I thank God for what the incredible ministries and teaching that are out there. As I said, I'm a beneficiary of those. But let me tell you, the way you intersect with all of that, the way you interface with all of that is through your local church. That's the local body of Christ. I belong to the human race. Well, I want to tell you this morning, I also know how I can identify my family. And if this is your local church, I want to encourage you to lean into it. Lean into your local church. God's plan is the local church. How do, how do you do that? Well, get in, be a part of that. They, they met in house to house. They fellowshiped together. They had communion together. They prayed for one another. They took care of one another. That happens through the, through the life group, through the small groups in the life of the church. Get, get in touch with one of those. Be involved with one of those. Donald Lee will help you uh, and our team will help you find your way into one if you haven't been able to. Maybe you've had some bad experiences in them in the past. You know, you're maybe with some, I don't know, whatever's happened. But listen, hey, it's time to pull up stumps and it's time to go again. 
You know, I've had some bad experiences with some doctors, but I didn't give up on them. Dr. Phil, you weren't a part of that, I'm telling you right now. Lean into your local church. And I, can I just, for a moment, just, just say I've been so proud of our church during this season, the way people have leant into this local church. I want to thank you for the way in which you've, you know, picked up and, and stayed connected to people, as Nikki said earlier, looking out for people and keep it up. I want to, I want to thank you for the way in which you've consistently given. Um, that, that's been an incredible source of blessing seeing the way you've been so faithful in your giving to your local church, and, and continue to do so. We need you to continue to do that, because how many know that there's a lot of work for this church to do? And we need to come from, you know, we're a storehouse. We want to be in a position of strength to be able to meet needs and to grow in our influence amongst this community. So be involved in a small group. Thank, thank, you, for your, thank you for your giving. And, thank you, and, and also, let me tell you, this part of church life... You know, Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, he come in the form of a physical person, right? He could be touched, he could be listened to, he could be heard. Well, same thing, listened to, heard. We are now the body of Christ, is that the truth? And we were designed to actually experience the body of Christ through our senses. We can be touched, we can be heard. You can't be touched this morning, no, just elbows only. But we can be heard, we can, we can see one another. There's a sense of communication and connection. We were made for that. It's not good for man to dwell alone. We were made for this. So this is important. You know, they met in the old days, they met in the temple courts and house to house. Now, temple courts have been defined for us for a little while, for a period of time. But let me tell you, the temple court's important. And we want to make, this, this needs to be strong and healthy and lean into it. Be a part of it in any way you can. And let me just speak to that for one moment. We need a lot more people to take responsibility and just get on a roster and serve. Once a month or, you know, once a month at one service. Or we'll take what you can have, whatever you can give us. But we need, rather than a few trying to do a lot, you know, a few people being Martha's because, you know, the rest of us, we've just got the spirit of Mary upon us and we're just sitting, we're just worshipping. No, no, no. We, some of us, Jesus wasn't, he wasn't angry with Martha for serving, but he was saying, hey, we serve from a position of worship, so come and worship, but we're not meant just to be worship, we're also meant to be servers. And so get involved on a team, and you can, you can jump on our website, and you can, there's ways in which you can be involved, and we'll certainly make that possible, but you know, some of, our, some of our teams really need some help, and it's not a like, we're not a sinking ship, no, 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 we're a thriving church, but one-way ministry was never God's design for us. Flow in, flow out, flow in, flow out. And if you can serve once a month on a service in some way or whatever, that would make such a difference. So just let the Holy Spirit, let that land where it needs to land this morning. Amen? Receive that? So lean into your local church. As I said earlier, who knows what the future is going to hold for us. Um, But if we take those things today, if you look to Jesus, how many of you need that this morning? How many of you need to be like the men of Issachar that not just hear what's going on, but they know what to do? How many of you need that for your family today? How many of you need that in your work situation or environment? You're not just got the information, but you need the wisdom of God. You know what to do. Well, let me tell you, the best place to start, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus today. Come on, just where you are, just say, Jesus, I'm looking to you. I'm fixing my eyes. I'm taking my eyes 
off everything else that's bombarding me, all, all of the decisions and the other stuff. And just for a moment, I'm just going to step back and I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And now make the decision, say, Jesus, I want you to help me bring the best out of me through this, not the worst. Help faith, hope and love to shine through. And then say, Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to trust your Father's sovereignty today, that you're in control. And today we're going to lean into the body of Christ on planet Earth through our local church. We're going to lean into that. Whatever that looks like in the future, we're going to lean into that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So church, we're going to finish this morning. We're going to have communion together. Can I ask the ushers if you just hand out communion, please? Oh, sorry, we're not handing it out. How are we doing it? Beg your pardon. We've got... You've already got it. Thank you. Sorry. Old habits die hard, don't they? I haven't... Is, is there a spare one up there? Spare one up there. Oh, don't touch it, Keith. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, we're doing our best, folks. We're doing our best. So listen... Here's my thought around communion today. It's a little bit of a different spin on, or spin's a bad word to use, I know. You don't spin from the pulpit. <laughs> but Jesus said that when we meet together, we're to remember him. We take communion and we remember. What do we remember? We remember the body of Christ, right? So what are we doing? We're remembering what took place on the cross. We're remembering the sacrifice that he made on the cross, that he became our curse for us on the cross. And that today when we look to him, we live. How many of you are glad about that? But here's, here's the other thought I want you to put under that today. You know, we are now the body of Christ. He left. The church is now the body of Christ. You're with me. Are we the body of Christ this morning? And there's been a sense in the past few months we've been separated, we've been dismembered. <laughs> we've been in different places and now we're all still part of the body, but there's a sense where physically we've been separated, we've been dismembered. This morning, to have communion, let me give this thought. We are remembering. We are coming together as the body of Christ again today. We're remembering. We're sure the real purpose is to remember the body of Jesus. But this morning, can I just say today that we are remembering we're coming together as the body of Christ. Because listen, it's that thing that Jesus did, that sacrifice that Jesus made that brings us together today. There's no other reason why we're here today other than Jesus brought us together today. And He's joined us together as a body. And this morning, these emblems represent broken body of Jesus and his shed blood what an amazing thing he did came and offered his life, he lived a perfect life and then that perfect life was offered up as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice for us on the cross and he lived the life that I couldn't live and he died the death that I should have died and he instead gives us the life he gives us eternal life when we believe and trust in Him.
Is anybody thankful for that this morning? We hear it so often, it can just wash over us. But you can't earn your way to God. You can't be good enough to get to heaven. Instead, you've been made good enough. You've been made righteous. Not because of your actions, but because of your belief that you're looking to Jesus today. And He has forgiven you. When you put your trust in Jesus, He forgives you. He forgives your sin. He becomes your friend. And He gives you a future in heaven. Who believes that today? And we have that today because of our personal belief, our personal commitment to say, Jesus, I believe in you today. And so I want you just to take the communion emblems, elements. And I want you to remember for a moment, together the body of Christ. What a good thing to be together is the body. And we take the, the bread which represents his broken body that was just it was just butchered on our behalf. It was but it was marred more than any man. It was a mess. It suffered for our sin. Come on, let's eat together. Drink the cup which represents his shed blood. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Jesus' blood was shed that our sin could be forgiven today and we could be in right relationship with God. So come on, let's just let's just drink together, church. Come on, stand to our feet and give thanks. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Make it personal. Thank you, Jesus. If you've never put your personal trust in Jesus, if you've never made that decision this morning, I just want to encourage you to say, Jesus, I believe in you today. Just like the people looked at that serpent of all things on a cross and they lived. Today we can look at Jesus on the cross and we live. This morning, that's just an act of your will. Just say, Jesus, I believe in you today. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. Come into my life. Change me. Just say those words. Jesus, come into my life. Change me from the inside out. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want you to be in my life. In Jesus' name. So we're going to just close this morning with the song, The Blessing. And maybe you've got a need in your life this morning and you just want God to meet that need I just want you to put your hand on your heart as a representation of that this morning and I'm going to ask the team to come and lead us we're going to pray the blessing of God over you today church ready to receive it Father let your blessing rest upon us today as the worship team leads us now in Jesus name Amen